Hello and welcome back to our Christmas Cast podcast. I'm your host Natalia and we're in conversation with Pastor Jeremy. In this podcast we talk about a few characters and features from the Christmas story in the Gospels. When we read the Bible in books like Chronicles, Numbers, Genesis and of course the first few verses in the Gospel of Matthew very prominently talks about genealogies a lot a lot of names some names are even hard to pronounce why are they placed there is there any significance of the characters that appeared in the genealogy of Christ hi nat welcome back everybody thank you so much for joining us and for being part of our little journey here as we work through the characters that show up in the cast of christmas what a beautiful story what a lovely season and i i trust that things are working out for each and every one of you i'm still to hear back from many of you and to know that you're listening that you're enjoying thinking about god and his word and his story and how this story the story of christmas is impacting your life how is it changing your way of thinking how does it steer your world view as you walk through your own life and look at things happening all around you i would be keen to hear from you not only your testimonies but also your questions as we respond to that wonderful question here about genealogy first and foremost what is the significance of even having genealogies if you noticed that it is the jewish nation that is most a stickler for genealogies they kept a record from day 1 and in fact god himself has ordained right from the very beginning from adam himself that we maintain that genealogy and that we understand who we have come from and how god has been faithful through the generations and what god has passed down for us through the generations in fact genealogies help people with their identity not just ethnic not just cultural but with their identity in terms of who their father was and what the faith of their father was so when you have people or children of the god of isaac the god of jacob the god of abraham you see the faith that has been passed down from generation to generation when you think about the psalms the psalms talks about how i want my glory the god says i want my glory to pass on from generation to generation i want them to call me faithful from generation i want my name to be called on from generation to generation and every generation passes on their faith and passes on their convictions to the next generation it takes one generation to rebel it takes one generation to go away to follow after other gods to turn their hearts cold toward god and that's it that's a break and you can have a country like germany today that is number 1 in atheism you can have the flower power movement the whole hippie movement within which one generation of england britain died and it was absolutely the faith was absolutely destroyed you talk about the gutenberg printing press that started out in germany and that was the first bible printed in germany and king james was the one who got that done he got it uh, translated and printed so you're talking about two major countries and today look at where they are all because of one generation that quit and this is the importance of going back to who you are and where you came from another important aspect of genealogy within the jewish context and within biblical context is helping people understand where jesus comes from and that he is both majesty he is both royal he is kingly he is of a royal descent and also he is a man 
which roots him back all the way to Adam. So you've got two very major genealogies, one in the Gospel of Matthew and the other one in the Gospel of Luke. One is where the Gospel roots him back to King David, which basically you know seeks out his kingly lineage and how he is a descendant of David and the reason why he would eventually be the one who takes the throne of David forever and ever. And then you've got his humanity, or son of man, in Luke chapter 3, where he's rooted back all the way to Adam. And uh, even in Matthew, talks about the 14, 14, and 14 generations. So there is some sort of clarity with the way God has rolled out that. The second question you brought up in relation to this was, not only the significance of genealogy in and of itself to document your identity and your history, it's also significant as to who these people are. So when you think about Jesus being the son of Adam, he's come in the human race. But then you look at the people that were brought into the genealogy, who would eventually be part of Jesus's genealogy. And that's where it's mind-boggling. There is a term or a title for Jesus, and that is the Lion of the tribe of Judah or the Lion of Judah. And the reason for that is that he is the one who comes from the most broken, messed up tribe and brings redemption to that tribe. He brings redemption in a trail of broken lives. And there is great hope and mercy in that story. So let me take you back to Matthew chapter 1, the book of the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ, the son of David and the son of Abraham. So that's the summary in verse 1. Then he starts again in verse 2, with beginning with Abraham. So in this case, he goes back to Abraham because King David is nobody without talking about Abraham. Abraham is where the chosen people of God started, where Abraham was the first man, Hebrews chapter 4, to set out in faith and look for a city whose maker and builder foundation is God, right? Then he has Isaac, and then Isaac has Jacob. Jacob's name is turned to Israel, and one of the 12 tribes of Israel, or one of the 12 sons, is Judah. So out of the 12, Judah is the one who's picked through whom Jesus would be born. Now, think about the 12 tribes of Israel. Judah was the least likely. I mean, Joseph would have been a better pick. Uh, Benjamin would have been a great pick. They both are, you know, sons of one of the good wives as well. But here we have Judah. Judah was always off on their own trip. You got Israel and you got Judah as a divided kingdoms as well. There was always problems with this. And when you look at this lineage, continue to look at his lineage, it says the father of Judah, his brothers, and then you got Judah, the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar. Tamar was a significant story in one of the sisters being raped and a sordid story there along with Judah. And then you work your way through that. You got some really abominable characters. I don't want to get into all of that because that's a podcast for itself. But finally, you land up talking about Boaz. Boaz was a good man who was a kinsman redeemer for Ruth. But then who did Boaz come from? He came from Rahab. Rahab is a prostitute who came out of nowhere and was brought into the lineage just by virtue of the fact that she placed her faith in the God of Israel. So she comes out of nowhere. She enters Israel, enters to live in Israel. She comes into the lineage of of Jesus and God brings any and everyone into this incredible lineage. So you got Rahab, then you got Boaz, who's a good guy, then you got Ruth, who's an incredible woman of God, and then eventually you have Jesse, who's the father of David. Jesse had showed no faith. He picked all of his sons 
to show to the prophet for the anointing of the king of Israel. But God picked the last one, which Jesse didn't show, who was David. And David turns out to be God's chosen king. David himself was a piece of work with a thousand wives and 700 concubines. His life was a disaster from every possible angle. He would not feature to be a leader in a church today. However, he turns out to be one man who has a heart after God. His son outran him in every possible way and divided the kingdom and messed things up once and for all. And there was never a united kingdom after David. So David ruled Israel for 40 years straight and maintained peace and maintained a united kingdom for entire 40 years. Solomon comes, divides it up, and from there on, we've got problems. Rehoboam, another classic case, we got issues. Asaph, he, I don't know if this, this guy is a songwriter. He could have been very well one of the music fellows. But then you've got great guys like Hezekiah as a young king, godly man, took the nation back into the word of God. Josiah, a very young king at the age of eight, he brought out the word of God, brought the whole nation to their knees in repentance. I mean, I just think about all of that. Then that's when the deportation happened to Babylon. Then through the deportation, again, the genealogy is maintained right through all the way up to Jacob, who is the father of Joseph, uh, who is the husband of Mary. Now, Joseph is not the man through whom Jesus came. Yet in genealogy, that's who Jesus is related to. That's whose genealogy through which Jesus is identified. And through Joseph and going all the way back to David, Jesus becomes the descendant of a royal lineage. So in all the generations from Abraham to David, 14 generations from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and finally from the deportation of Babylon to Christ of 14 generations. Incredible story of God's redemptive measure. And when you think about the atrocious people that God roped into that genealogy, when you think of the wonderful characters also who brought unity, who brought peace to Jerusalem, who brought revival to the nation of Israel, God involves everyone. There is no perfect story. There is no perfect character in the story in the Bible. There's not a single human being in the Bible who is perfect. So the line of the tribe of Judah is a story of Jesus coming to be the perfect sacrifice, coming into the world as we think about Christmas through a lineage of imperfect people, leaving a string of redemption behind him and ahead of him. So that's why I think genealogy is very interesting. We tend to skip over it. But when you look through it, when you study the kind of characters that God has allowed to be part of his play, you understand the grace and the mercy of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It's fascinating how God used all sorts of characters to bring out Christ in human form. Let's go to another interesting feature. The angel said he'll be found in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloths. Why is that a sign of anything? Yes, it's absolutely fascinating how these key articles and situations in the story of the Lord Jesus adds weight to the overall story. I particularly find the manger and swaddling clothes very, very significant. And let me tell you why. These two things begin with the humility of the Lord Jesus. The manger, for instance, is where the hay was put. It was like a trough where the hay was put for the animals to eat. So because the hay is soft, the baby Jesus was laid in something soft like that. So the manger was used like a little cradle 
today it has become such a dear sign to us as the cross has and yet it was something so vile so humble so outcast as far as the inn is concerned there wasn't any place in the inn and that is why the family had to go to the stable and in the stable there was the manger so the manger for instance is a very significant story but another significant aspect of the story is where the angel said he will be wrapped in swaddling clothes do you know what a swaddling cloth is a swaddling cloth was a particular form of fabric that was incredibly soft incredibly soft for that day and age for fabric to be formed with the kind of clothes and stuff they used so this fabric was used to wrap lambs that were set apart for sacrifice now you remember the old testament requirements for a lamb that would be used as a sacrifice these lambs were perfect without blemish absolutely perfect okay and they were set apart at birth as soon as they were born they were taken away from the general crowd the sheep the flock and they were kept aside and they were wrapped in swaddling clothes so these swaddling clothes were fabric that were used to keep lambs that were perfect continue to keep them perfect continue to keep them safe from any harm any danger any blemishes so that they would grow up to be a perfect lamb and they would be uh, used for sacrifice now in the eyes in the mind in the memory of a jewish person that is a very familiar very dear very endearing thing they were very familiar with that immediately when he said they would be wrapped that jesus would be wrapped in swaddling clothes the first thing their mind connected them to was the little lamb the lamb that would be the sacrifice and isn't it just beautiful and significant that jesus born was the lamb of god who would take away the sin of the world and he was wrapped in swaddling clothes so the sign was that's the lamb that's the baby that's the lamb that's going to walk to the cross and give his life for you so that's the significance of swaddling clothes it's not just a visible distinguishing sign but the very sight of that fabric would tell shepherds who are most familiar with that i mean that was their responsibility right so as soon as the baby lamb or the you know the lamb was born they were the ones who had to take out lambs and set them apart for the sacrifice and here they are told that that most significant thing and most familiar to them would be how they could identify the lamb of god isn't that how jesus comes to us isn't that how god you know brings the good news to us he connects it to something most familiar with us and we are able to immediately recognize jesus for who he is so i love that thanks for bringing it up i'm glad we talked about that great we'd love to know what you're thinking what you're talking about you can write to us at pscjermy@gmail.com you can even comment if you're listening to this on youtube and we'll see you in the next podcast 